This is the third Sunday following the great celebration of the resurrection of our Lord. The first two Sundays, the gospel lessons are very, very much tied to the event of the resurrection itself. The next three Sundays are tied to what I might say is sort of the consequences or the benefits or the aftermath or those things that are resultant from what took place by God's great passion and resurrection. So we come to the, the healing of the paralytic at the pool of Bethesda. And the story that's told to us leaves us with so many lessons to apply to our own life. It's obviously, I think, a reference by, or, or a foreshadowing of the great mercy that's to be poured out upon every human being who offers himself to God at the waters of baptism. The pool of Bethesda, there was healing there. And what happens there is that as we read or was just read to us from the Gospel of John, it says that an angel came down at certain seasons and, and stirred the waters or somehow entered the waters or changed the waters for a time. So that he, he who went down into the waters immediately was healed. It's exactly what happens with the waters of baptism. You aren't here, most of you, when we fill the font, but we fill the font with regular tap water. But then when we come to the, the service of baptism, we pray almost as much for the water as we pray for the person being baptized. And we ask that the Lord would change this water and make it something life-giving. Actually, we even say in one place, the very fountain of youth. Or we might even say the fountain of immortality. And so that this water then has been transformed for that one who is about to be received in it and that that one comes down into it and is healed. He's born again, not just healed. He's born again, as Jesus told Nicodemus. He doesn't enter his mother's womb again, but in fact what takes place is he has a whole new way of being, a whole new way of life. And so it was in foretaste of that event that this paralytic seeks to go down into the water with those others who want to be healed. But he has a problem. He's a paralytic. He can't get down there. He can't get there very quickly. So even, even if he, and he probably figured this out because he waited a long time, 38 years he struggled with this malady. He figured out what's the best way to get down there first. And no doubt he was right at the pool's edge waiting now, it doesn't say that the angel came down every Sunday or every Saturday or every three o'clock on Wednesdays. It doesn't say that. We don't know. We don't even know if it was regular. We just know that he comes down, but he does come down more than just once. He touches this water. So he must have been at the edge of the water, but still he couldn't get in. And he says that he had no one to help him, although there were many people there because somebody was healed each time and others who wanted to be healed. And the Lord says to him, do you want to be healed? Well, he's already exhibited great patience. He's exhibited a great desire to let God, the angel of God, as an agent of the Lord Almighty, he's exhibited patience to wait for him and knowing that God could bring healing. And he says, yes, I do. 
And what does the Lord do? He says, well, get up. Take up your pallet. Rise, take up your bed and walk. One commentator about the passage says that, in fact, it wasn't that, and actually most of those of our fathers who write about this scripture say that none of this happens by accident. The Lord just didn't happen by there, but that the Lord made his way to there to heal this man, this patient man who has endured much suffering. That he might heal him. And God pours out his grace very simply, but very powerfully. In fact, other writers say that this is one of the great, one of the great miracles of our Lord. And so the man gets up and he walks and he runs into the Pharisees. The Jews said to him, it's Sabbath, it's not lawful for you to carry your bed. Well, technically they were right. But ontologically or in the fullness of time, in the fullness of the human experience, there was a great celebration and carrying his bed was a celebratory act because it had been his place where he laid and now he can carry it. What a joyful thing it was for him, no doubt, to just pick it up and to, and to put it on his shoulders or his back until he celebrates. But the Jews or the Pharisees, those who weren't following the Lord, unlike other Jews who were, cynically react to what God has poured out into their midst and don't recognize the fact that God has come to be amongst them. And so what do we find later? That in fact this man doesn't just go home, or he doesn't go party with his friends or have a nice meal or even just do his prayers. He goes to the temple. And why do we go to the temple? We go to the temple to offer sacrifices. He goes to offer a thank offering to God. He, the first thing he does after this healing that God gives him is he goes to thank him and sacrifice to him. And again, in effect, offer himself to God. And he meets the Lord there again. And the Lord speaks a word of encouragement to him. He says, look, don't sin again. Those who write about this say that it seems that the Lord is laying upon him the, a, a warning also, but a warning, a love warning, a warning of love that comes out of the warmth and depth of his heart. And somehow that at least some of his struggles have been because of his sin. Brothers and sisters, sometimes we do struggle because of our sin. Sometimes we're sick because of our sin, but other times we're just sick because we're in a fallen, sinful world. Every sin doesn't create every sickness, and every sickness is not created by a personal sin, but we live in a fallen world where sin runs rampant, and we are susceptible to it. But if we want to guard ourselves, we guard ourselves from sin. We have this beautiful book in our, in our library. If you've never read it, you should. It's called Forgotten Medicine. It's written by a Bulgarian monk, and it's simply about the sacrament of forgiveness. But in the opening section there, he explains to us why we want to make our forgiveness. And he says there very, very clearly, he says, look, nothing can destroy you except sin. 
Nothing can do you in except sin. Death can't destroy you because Christ has destroyed death. Nothing, people's words, nothing can, can hurt you except sin. Sin can destroy you. And so that's why we confess. And so the Lord gives an admonition here. Stay away from sin. Coupled with all of this, one of the things we see in the Lord himself is not just the power over death to heal us, to bring mercy to us, to restore us, to bring us into his kingdom. Not just that, but in fact that he does it with great humility. Because having done it, the Lord doesn't stand around and let people pat him on the back. He retires someplace else as if nobody even knew who did it. Of course, his 12 knew. And those who were close knew. And eventually, the paralytic tells the the Pharisees who did it, which adds to their dislike and ultimate hatred of our Lord. Today we have a great message to us of love and compassion from our risen Lord, who in destroying death also has the power over everything that that could undo us. We bask in this this time of uh, after Pascha in in the mercy and the kindness and the love and the excitement of our risen Lord. And now we speak about those things that come as a consequence of all of that. And we give thanks to God. So, for you and for me, if we find ourselves struggling with sickness, we find ourselves struggling with underemployment, lack of employment, or an oppressive boss or or struggles with our schoolwork or struggles with our neighbors or whatever it may be whatever we're struggling with go to God ask his healing ask his mercy and his kindness he pours it out upon you as he did upon the paralytic that's our message be patient as he was and wait for the the blessing to come and know that sometimes it doesn't come either when we want it or even like we think it should come God brings healing to us by his resurrection and by his very love for us. May we be patient and wait for it. And having received it, may we then give thanks to him for all that he has done for us as the paralytic did. May he be our icon for this week. May we see ourselves as the paralytic healed by God and offering thanks to him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God.